Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. You know how last week we just kind of randomly threw out dates of when we thought Drive to Survive was coming? Because we knew it was coming, but we couldn't be bothered to, you know, look up when. Uh, were we anywhere close to right? Um, maybe. <laughs> you don't even remember what we said last week, do you? It, well, it, it was a was, week ago. I think it was like March 15th. Close. Isn't it like the 12th? So drive to survive will be released officially on friday march 19th nine days before the start of the new season Woot! i'm so excited so okay but we will get to binge watch last season's drive to survive so that we can be prepared for this season well but it's this season's drive to survive which covers last season right there you go that's As opposed to watching the previous season. Because really, you don't need to do that because they're independent of each other. Because they're separate seasons. You know, it's it's not like when you get to the, the last episode of the, the season finale for Drive to Survive. It's not like they leave off on a cliffhanger. <laughs> you know, it's really not a question of what you're going to do now that the Borg have assimilated Captain Picard. We know this. You have watched way, <laughs> way too much Star Trek lately. Let me tell you, a lot of Star Trek. Um, <clears throat> no, but we did because the big cliffhanger that was in Drive to Survive Season 2 was whether or not Haas was going to return at the end of well, I don't the, know if the following was, season. I don't know if that was so much of a cliffhanger as, as like a mic drop from Gene Haas. Of, yeah, I haven't decided what I'm doing. I might leave. Eh, okay, I'll give you mic drop. <laughs> so, um, we don't know exactly which teams and races will be covered. We don't know storylines, although the the full trailer has come out. And we do know that one of the storylines that will be part of it is Roman Grosjean and his incident in Bahrain. Um, specifically, there is a clip of him talking about the incident sitting next to his wife and she rolls her eyes at him. Excellent. Like massively rolls her eyes that like they probably heard it three studios down. I predict <clears throat> I know what the storylines are going to be. Okay. It's going to be around F1 and Thank you. their reaction to COVID and scrambling for races and Here's here's the, here's my big prediction. Lewis and Mercedes wins the titles. Gee, thanks, Captain Obvious. But that's not okay. Again, remember how Drive to Survive works. Really, that is often not the the storyline you expect them to follow. No, they it's, don't. It's not typically around the championship. No, it's the other sub-stories. I'm going to tell you they will focus on COVID, the effects of COVID, and scrambling to get races and what it all takes. I'm betting there will be at least one episode on what it takes to pull a race off in next to no no timeline. There, there will be some of that because we know that the camera crew was in Australia. So they were there when everything fell apart. And honestly, it was such a big part of the season they can't not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they couldn't not cover Roman's crash. 
True, but we also know that the camera crews don't get full access to everything. And that's why there's the question of what the storylines will be. I mean, remember, typically when drive to, when the Netflix crew in specific tends to be following Mercedes around. It's not good. Those are the only weekends they have really bad weekends. Yeah. Netflix is not <coughs> good for Mercedes. Yeah. That's, I guess, why Ferrari hired them. Oh, is that what it was? Now, um, we do know, speaking of Ferrari, that the crew was filming Ferrari uh, during the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, where both cars failed to finish. See? So they're not even good for Ferrari. Who who is really behind Drive to Survive? Who wins out? Maybe it's Red Bull. Because Red Bull hits the podium when... when Drive to Survive is filming other teams. So we also know that um, the crew followed Nico Hulkenberg during his uh, weekends in Silverson. Okay. So we know those are probably things. Um, the team shadowed McLaren and Red Bull. So Lando Norris's first podium and Alex Albin's collision with Lewis Hamilton probably are going to get featured as well. Now, in terms of who makes it, because you want to know, because you asked. Produced by Box to Box Films, a British company founded by James Gay Rees and Paul Martin, who act as executive producers for the series. Um, let's see. Sophie Todd is a series showrunner and had a decade of experience producing factual programs for the BBC, Channel 4, and Discovery. But factual programs for the BBC, let's remember, Top Gear was considered a factual program for the BBC. Well, of course. They, you, don't you remember their trip to America where they couldn't be entertaining? That was all <clears throat> factual and educational. Mm-hmm. So we assume that we will get all of them at once. And they will not be following the Disney and CV. Well, actually, now it's the Paramount Plus model of dribs and drabs once a week. I would hope so because I plan on making a bowl of popcorn and binge watching. Okay. Now, it's because I, I don't have anything else going on right now, so I might as well binge watch Drives to Survive. Well, it's one way to get your mind off of everything else going on. Eh, true. There's that. So I mentioned that we, we know for a fact that Roman's crash is going to be one of the storylines. Well, this week, the FIA released their investigation into the crash. Now, specifically what they investigated was the crash itself, not the driving incident that led up to it. So this is the when the car speared off into the wall and exploded investigation. And did the safety gear do everything that was expected of it and all of those bits and pieces? Um, So what the FIA said was that the car suffered extensive damage during the impact, including separation of the powertrain assembly from the survival cell. The fuel tank inspection hatch on the left-hand side of the chassis was dislodged and the engine fuel supply connection was torn from the fuel tank safety bladder, both providing primary pass for the escape of fuel from the tank. The driver's safety equipment, including helmet, Hans, and safety harness, as well as the survival cell, seat, headrest, and halo frontal cockpit protection performed according to their specifications in protecting the driver's survival space and managing the forces applied to the driver during the impact. 
the high voltage energy recovery system battery was significantly damaged with some parts of the ERS battery assembly remaining with the powertrain and others remaining attached to the survival cell. Fire was ignited during the final moments of the barrier impact, starting from the rear of the survival cell and progressing forward towards the driver as the tire as the fire grew. So related to the car and the recommendations that they've put forward and, and uh, work that they've completed. Uh, a design review of the safety fuel bladder installation in all FIA single-seater categories. So this is not just the Junior Series in Formula One. This is WEC and, and all of them. Okay. Um, recommendations for safety fuel bladder insula- installation best practice. Update of the FIA standard for safety fuel bladders. Review of regulations for the design of the connections and inspection hatches and even fuel homologation to include compatibility of bladder material and specific fuel. So they seem to have nailed this down of concerns around the bladder. And remember how they ca- they put the fuel in a Formula One car. It's not like there's a gas tank. Mm-mm. It literally is just like it sounds. It's a bladder. It's this rubber blob that gets stuffed into the empty spaces in the chassis and then they fill it up with fuel to fill up those spaces. Right. But it's completely flexible. Correct. Obviously, it's durable so that, you know, it should do well. And it sounds like it, it's more the connections that they were concerned about than the bladder itself rupturing. Right. Um, there's also recommendation. Well, the other thing that they said was that, um, um, where was it? Grosjean was able to remain in the fire for 27 seconds thanks to the high standards of the FIA race suits, um, but there would be an investigation into improvements into the gloves heat transfer index given the burns to his hands. Um, Also, ongoing research projects related to extinguisher systems on open-wheel cars, ensuring that the visor mechanisms on helmets remained operational after being exposed to fire. Interesting. Um planning further research projects including investigation of options for proximity warning systems and electronic visibility aids research into retrofit and upgrade options to improve impact performance of existing guardrail barriers research into novel barrier systems effective across a wider range of impact conditions and research to assess current fire extinguishing media firefighting equipment and personal protective equipment and assess new technologies okay as opposed to drivers tape a wrench to their steering wheel to make sure that they have one to undo their steering wheel to get out of the car you know (laughs) times are changed yeah um you know, that's what technology gives us is the ability to categorize better research as opposed to duct taping wrenches. Well, I didn't think that they needed like a wrench to get the steering wheel off. Haven't, hasn't there been times in which a driver has pulled into the pit lane in which they've immediately just taken off the steering wheel to, and given it to the team so that the team can put in a new one? Um, yes, but if you had watched the series or the movie uh Formula One, the deadly years, you would know that back when leather helmets and handlebar mustaches was the extent of the safety protocol, 
and they used the round steering wheels. There was an incident where uh, one of the drivers could not get out of his car because he could not remove the steering wheel during a fire. And so other drivers then... Jackie Stewart in particular was known for it. Taped a, what they call a spanner. It's a wrench in the U.S., but a spanner to the center of his steering wheel so that he would have one to be able to escape should it happen to him. That's what Dad's referring to. So, other topics. Yes. I, I know you're excited about this. I am so excited <clears throat> because I can see the picture of the story. It is tires, and I am thrilled to hear a story about tires. Yay. So, Pirelli has been granted a one-year extension. Woo. Now, the reason why this was done, and and it, it's it's fair. So, as you recall, if the rules had gone the way that they were supposed to, this was the year we were supposed to get new cars and new tires. Because they were supposed to go from 13-inch um, tires to 18-inch tires. Yes. That didn't happen, obviously. No. So, they're coming next year. The contract for Pirelli was going to end at the end of next year, which meant they would have gotten only one year with the new tires. And that was a big driver to get the contract. So the FIA in Formula One said, well, that's really not right. So we'll give you one year. Okay. So another year of Pirelli tires. And now the, the contract ends at like 2024? Uh, 2023? The end of 2023. 2023. <clears throat> So, we mentioned last week, Lewis Hamilton got a one-year contract extension. Yes. <coughs> Lewis has now, as part of, um, so this past week was the unveiling of the this year's Mercedes. Right. Nice. It, it, not quite as black. And, and actually, the, I think the big thing is, and I got to wonder where they put the star at this point. We didn't have the Mercedes stars on the engine cover like we have the last couple of years. And as you recall, one of the features for the last two years has been one of those stars is red. For Nikki. For Nikki. Now instead it's AMGs all over that, the, the engine cover. Well, Maybe there's a red, red AMG. AMG. I don't know. We'll have to go looking for what's a tribute to Nikki. Um, but yeah, we speculated as to what we really thought was the reason for uh, Lewis's one-year contract, and he has spoken out this past week to explain himself. So what Lewis said. Firstly, I'm kind of in a fortunate position where I've achieved most of the stuff that I've wanted to achieve up to this point. So there's no real need necessarily to plan too far ahead in the future. I think we live in quite an unusual period of time in life, and I just wanted one year. Then we can talk about if we do more and keep adding if we have to. Which sounds completely different than what Toto said. Uh-huh. Because if you recall, Toto said one year was to get through right now. now and the <laughs> hope would be to, to sign him for a longer term contract after that. Now Lewis is saying, ah, I'm going month to month. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Which is... I'm telling you, eighth title, he's out. 
and, and you know, th- this is certainly giving a lot of credence to that theory of it, it's either the eighth title and I'm out, or it's the at this point I'm staying until it's not fun anymore. Exactly. And trying to figure out, you know, how hard is it to get that eighth title? And is it still exciting me? Mm-hmm. Is, I think, a lot of what's happening here. I think that, and honestly, I think that makes <clears throat> a lot of sense. I mean, as you start to near a retirement, whatever age you are and whatever career you're in, you get to that point where it's, I'll stay for as long as it's fun. Now, in terms of what he says his priorities are heading into this season, he says the main priority for 2021 in the past was just about winning championships. Last year, there was a lot of discussion about equality and inclusion, and I think there was a lot of talk. This year is all about pushing for diversity and really making sure that action is taken. This is at the core of the drive for me, but of course we exist to win, and that is what all of all these guys and girls here and working towards, so that is my goal, to deliver that for them. Okay. We did not get... And, and, I should have pulled up the picture first, and, and I apologize. I did. We did not get the traditional driver sitting on tires picture from Mercedes. What we did get from Mercedes was a picture of Lewis squatting on a tire. <laughs> so both feet on a tire, but he's basically in a squat. Okay. Which, of course, has led to the joke of the floor is lava. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that meme was dead. Apparently not. (laughs) Is that picture that you've got there, is that the livery? It is. So maybe that's that top piece of the, I mean, there's that whole red piece at the very top. That's the. There, there, there is the red over the, the intake, and, and it's possible that the red of the intake. The question that I have is, because what's been done a lot in the past is that the intake has been different for the two cars mm. to help differentiate them. So I'm not sure if that is universal across both cars or one car. Well, now that I'm looking at it, there's a piece <clears throat> of red on the front wing. Yeah, that's that... for Ineos. And oh. Yeah, that's on the inside of the, the front wing. There will be something that will be called out as being special that is red for Nikki. I mean, there cannot not mm-hmm. be. And by the way, Mercedes and Toto Wolf say that he has no doubts about Lewis's commitment to Formula One, but just says that Lewis deserves the flexibility of being able to sign for a year. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to just... have to start, you know, I start having to look for my next generation favorite driver because if he starts talking about leaving, I got to be ready. I'm voting for Lando Norris. He does have a personality I could get behind. If he could like get a team and, and win. But I also could really like uh, George Russell. So your choice is Lando Calrissian Norris or George Kendall Russell. Exactly. <laughs> well, Lando Calrissian Norris just opens up the, the opportunity for more Star Wars um, jokes. It definitely does. Because they would be more fun than Barbie jokes. Just but, saying. But Barbie. No. Either one of them. You know what would be amazing? A team of the two of them. It would be, but I don't see that happening. I know. It would be so sad. 
Anyway. So over at Alpine. Yes. Alpine says that uh, Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon will have equal status in the team. They do not have number one and number two driver contracts. Did anybody tell Fernando that? Well, I think that's part of the reason why um, Alpine CEO Laurent Rossi has said this is to make sure Fernando is fully aware that there is no number one and number two driver. They have to play nice. Yeah, let's see how that works out for him. And Fernando says he is fully fit and ready for testing after the bike accident. Did he say that with his actual <clears throat> voice or did he have to write it on a screen? Because, you know, his jaw was still wired shut. I don't think he, he wrote, but I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of um, Renault, you know, we it, it came out of the blue for us about Cyril Abitbull's departure from the organization, especially knowing that uh, he was expected to take over the entire performance brand. It wasn't just going to be Formula One. Well, Marcin, Bur- Marcin Budkowski, um, who is now the director for the team, uh, he's come out and said that, yeah, it was a shock for them too. Really? They didn't know it was coming either. Um and it sounds like, from what Marson was saying, um, this was not a voluntary departure from Cyril. Really? Cyril was let go. Do we know why? We don't. And, and that, I think, is kind of mysterious in its own right. Because, again, he was he had already been tapped to take on the, the entire Alpine performance brand for Renault. This just seems odd. I I wish I could tell you. Um, I don't. I didn't have a relationship with Cyril to like be able to pick up the phone and call him and go, "Hey, what's going on?" I mean, it's not like my <coughs> relationship with Gunther, or, you know, Toto, where I can just you know, ring them and they take my call occasionally. Well, you'll you'll need to to work on that. But he's not in Formula One anymore. So it's not like I can go to my Formula One team principal directory and get his phone number. No, what you have to do is work the contacts. I understand. They, ha- they, they have to, you know, set up an introduction. and. I thought know. she could just get out the phone book. You could find anyone in the phone book. I mean, I, I thought about calling Danny Rick, but he hasn't returned my call. He's busy. Okay, I think he blocked my number. <laughs> well, I can't help you there. I, I It wasn't like I meant to keep calling him at 2 See, o'clock in the morning. There is a time difference. And I told you when we saw Esteban that you needed to be nicer to him. I was nice to Esteban. Apparently not nice enough. <laughs> anyway, so... What we do know in terms of leadership and what's happening over at Alpine is that Alpine has decided that they will not be appointing a team principal for 2021. They're going to split the duties between um, executive director Marcin Budkowski and the new racing director who we had talked about, who came over from from, uh, Suzuki's MotoGP team, Davide Brivio. So let's just remember how successful an organization is when they have two bosses. Um, never. Yeah. 
Now, I've been trying to work my network <clears throat> because I think I could be an outstanding team principal for Alpine. Just not this year. Well, I understand that. But I think that... You have a year to work on this. Um, you'll need to track down Alpine CEO Laurent Rossi okay. and make the pitch to him. I can work on that. I'm going to have to work on that. Now, my biggest concern is that I don't speak French. Well, that's okay because the team's in Enstone. Okay, I can do that. I definitely speak English. Remember, this is the Enstone team. I definitely speak English. And you can speak enough. You can actually, let me rephrase that. You can understand enough French to make it through Charles de Gaulle. I can. Airport. (laughs) Not the person. He's dead. (laughs) I did not go through a dead guy. No. Um, But yes, I made it through Charles de Gaulle. Twice. Yes. One time when they dropped us on the, the tarmac, but you know, hey. Yeah, just, you know, nitpicky things. I, I did do that, and I've yelled at a cab driver in French. Did you? Yeah. Okay. But that's about the extent of my French. Well, you know. Enstone. Enstone. I can speak English, I think. So, Alpine also released their livery. Actually, I gotta tell you, I really dig the blue. It, well, I, okay, so we'll, we'll get to the blue in a little bit. The big thing, though, about this livery is that this was the livery that was on the promotional poster that Alpine released back in the fall when they officially announced the brand. Spoilers! <laughs> is it just me, or does that livery kind of look like um, a Manor Marusha? It's just you. Oh. Because Manor Marusha was more, much more red. Oh. Red was fully dominant. Or maybe it was when it fully became manor, was that became kind of like red and blue. There wasn't much blue. No. But I dig the blue. And that's because it's French racing blue. I understand that. Williams also released their, their livery. Now, they were, and we didn't talk about it too much. Actually, we kind of avoided it. But the original plan that was supposed to happen this past Friday was that it was going to be a virtual launch, which everyone expected, but it was going to be through their app. And their app was going to allow you to view the car in augmented reality. So if you're not familiar with augmented reality, basically what they were encouraging you to do is clear a big space in your living room and point your phone at the big space in the app. And the phone would make it look like the car was in your living room. Whoa. So it's kind of cool when it works. Anybody that wants to play with um, AR, augmented reality, download the IKEA catalog. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. They were actually one of the pioneers of it. And Mm -hmm. you can project IKEA furniture in your room and see what it would look like in your space and twist it around and all sorts of things. And that's why I think the boy would be really into IKEA. Oh, no. No. Anyway. He didn't need to bring Ikea into this. Of all the things. Anyway. No, I think it's a really cool idea to, you know, be able to have the Formula One car in my living room, even if it's, you know, virtual. Virtually. Um, but that didn't happen. So it turns out that um, the app got hacked. Okay. It's not their fault. 
They didn't change the password, and the password was password. Then it is their fault. Who makes the password password of all passwords? Anyway, we, we don't have any details on it other than the app was hacked, and as a result, on Friday morning, instead of launching the car, they went, um, yeah, we're going to have to cancel this, and um, here's some press pictures. <laughs> Check out our press pictures. Yeah, it could have happened to anyone with the password password. So the the car is again blue and white, and which is traditional for Williams when a sponsor is not dictating their colors. They like to be very heavily blue and white. Yes. So um, now the thing that that we have confirmed on it is that the the traditional Senate S that has been on the car is still there. Okay. What I have not heard is whether or not Ginny's butterfly is on the car. That's my, That was going to be my other question. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding so far is that if it's there, nobody's found it. Mm. Um, and of course, the new press team over at Williams isn't responding to my emails. <gasps> then again, the old press team didn't respond to my emails either. So, you know, either way. Well. <laughs> Maybe, you know, maybe you need to start working your network. Hmm? Well, actually, you know what I should do? Because I did get responses to um, my emails to them about watching races when I emailed the visitor center. So maybe I should reach out to the visitor center folks. Maybe they would respond. Yeah. Hey, could, could one of you guys run over into the, into the workshop and just find where Ginny's butterfly is? And let me know. I don't know. We'll see. Aston Martin also revealed their, their livery. It's green. It, it, which we expected. Now, it is green with some pink highlights. I was actually going to say, I really dug the little pink stripe. I told you they were going to get a prep car. <laughs> I said it was going to be a preppy car. And it's just the stripe. And, and the stripe is there for BWT because apparently originally they were planning on it being gold. <laughs> okay. Um, along those lines, and of course, you know, it's the time of year for this. Aston Martin has said that they are targeting an F1 world championship in five years. As a customer team. (laughs) Of Mercedes. (laughs) Wait, you're serious? Yes, I am. When exactly did Ron Dennis say McLaren was going to beat Mercedes? Um, after gonna... somebody beat Mercedes. <laughs> when somebody beat Mercedes, it was going to be McLaren. That's what Ron Dennis said. So, if Ron is right, Mercedes has got to go down to both McLaren and then Aston Martin. If Ron is right. I just wanted to make sure I understood. But nobody's in the sport for second place. I mean And and that is true and it's fair to be aiming high. And you know, one of the few things that I did agree with Ron about that statement for all of its boldness. And and I do think that he's kind of right of it is less likely, I don't know if I would go so far as to say impossible, but less likely that a customer team is going to win the world championship. Right. Admittedly, McLaren as the customer team of Renault did 
outscore them in the championship last year. But be that as it may. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Aston Martin says five years. Sebastian Vettel's our man. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch. A lot of talk about how, um, you know, this is a reinvigorated Seb and Seb is back at his prime and all of of the positive stuff that they can possibly come up with about Seb. Okay. Well, I mean... It remains to be seen. Right now, everybody has the same points for 2021. Well, yeah, there's that. Everybody's equal. I was also really amused. So I I got the email from Aston Martin team about their new merchandise lineup and their their new clothing and all of that stuff. And, you know, it's the pictures of the models wearing all the gear and Lance. And Lance. There's no No set in it, but Lance is there modeling gear. Oh, yeah, Daddy needs a Lance to be in modeling the gear, not Seb. No, I don't think Seb would do it. So Haas also released their livery. And they made it clear that this was a livery launch, not a car launch. Okay. Um, very different from previous years. Not black. Not black, not gray. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, and, and I have to say this the right way, it is white, blue, and red exactly not blue white and red which is french not red red, white and blue blue. which would be american no it is white blue and red so which is russian which exactly which makes it very clear and and again as a reminder technically the team is now the euro cali haas formula one team right and the colors make it very clear where Haas's money is coming from this year. Yes. And that was that was my first thought when I saw it. When I popped over to Reddit, the response was really quick of, wow, American team in Russian colors. Ain't that a slap in the face? <laughs> That's what I was going to say was just... Why is Russia on an American team? So that's ticked off a whole lot of people. But then it gets even more interesting. Because then it gets announced that the World Anti-Doping Agency is investigating Haas. And why are they investigating Haas? Because, as you recall, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um... Because of the ruling that came out by the World Anti-Doping Agency um, in response to the investigations uh, after the 2014 Winter Olympics, um, Russia was banned from participate. Russia and Russian athletes were banned from participating in international sports for four years. And the Russian Automotive Federation confirmed in February that this extended to the FIA's World Championships, meaning... Dmitry Mazepan cannot race under the Russian flag this year. And he, uh, Dmitry, or Nikita Mazepan, rather, not Dmitry. Nikita Mazepan cannot race under the Russian flag this year. And he is prohibited from using national emblems, flags, or symbols, as well as the word Russia or Russian, on his clothing or equipment. Oh. So everybody looking at the car and going, 
wow, that looks like a Russian flag. The World Anti-Doping Agency said, wait, what? (laughs) Hang on a second here. All righty. So I'm sure that Haas has come out and said that this is not what it looks like. It's something else. So Gunther Steiner said, we didn't circumvent anything. We came up with this livery last year before all of this came out from the WADA about the Russian flag. Obviously, we cannot use the Russian flag as a Russian flag, but you can use colors on a car. In the end, it's the athlete which cannot display the Russian flag and not the team. The team is an American team. Funny, doesn't look like it now. I predict that they're going to get around it by putting stars in the blue. Well, see, that's the thing that I don't understand is why they didn't just go with red, white, and blue. Right. You could have used the same color scheme. You never would have run into this problem if you had gone with red, white, and... And somebody had already gone up on Reddit and and done a mock-up where they they dropped white stars into the blue. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, so now it looks like a Russian flag with stars. But... (laughs) (laughs) You know what it really looks like if you drop stars in the blue? Is it looks like um, the bicentennial stuff? The bi- well, I was going for <laughs> evil Knievel, but oh, okay, okay. But he was red, white, and blue. But yes, evil Knievel. Yeah, but it was that kind of. Well, it was a nineteen seventies red, white, and blue mm-hmm. view bicentennial thing. That's what it would look like. Yeah, but um, despite what Gunther says. Just because you dreamed up this livery before the ban came into play doesn't mean that the ban doesn't apply. Yeah. It should be interesting to see how they rectify this Yeah, I, I, I don't see this lasting very long. <laughs> For a lot of reasons. And, and again, I, I think this just further seals that um, this team is not going to be the Haas Formula One team for much longer. I, I think I agree with you there. But yeah, I, I like I said, my first look when I saw this is, well, it's uh, pretty clear where they're getting their money from. Now, the other thing of note on this is new sponsorship on the car. Uh, Internet hosting company One in One. Hmm. Which makes me wonder, who owns One in One? Are they Russian by chance? That's what I'm kind of wondering now is... is who they are. Um, now, I haven't hosted anything with them, but yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know them. I think I might have their number on speed dial. I'll have to check later. But we are also now having the attempted, um, how would we put it? Um, rebuilding, reestablishment of Nikita Mazepan's reputation. Neutral uh, athlete. Whoa! So he's he's actually spoken to a publicist now. Um, possibly they they took the the band of duct tape off of his mouth. <laughs> um, but they they did bring him out into the public for the launch, and he says that um, he didn't behave correctly in the incident in that was captured in video, and he has learned his lesson. How old is Nikita? Like 23. He hasn't figured out that that was inappropriate behavior sometime around 12? 
Okay, let's remember this is the same person who, um, when a couple of hundred miners died in an accident in the mine owned by his dad, he threw a party. Okay. Yeah, I'm not liking this kid. And, and there's no reason to like him. But he, he says that how I reflect on my actions is pretty clear. I'm not proud of it. I didn't behave as I meant to behave, really. I didn't behave as I meant to behave being in Formula One. And the transition phase of realizing what I've achieved has been very short. And I didn't adapt to it as I should have. I've taken responsibility for it. And I'm ready to keep doing so. So does Russia schools not teach online safety and the power of making the right choices of what you post on social media? Probably not. And and because he's a race car driver, he didn't go to public school. So, okay. Um, here's the thing. I, I, I'm... He's going to do it again, and Jean Todd has already t stood up and said, if anything like this happens again, there will be dire consequences. And that is fine. But <clears throat> much like some ongoing recurring stories, which I see Nikita becoming... Mm -hmm. um, oh, you better believe that every time that he gets an incident and puts it into a wall, we're going to talk about it and we're going to cheer. Is that really the high road? Is it really the best thing to do to cheer every time he puts it in the wall? I don't think that that's appropriate. We are not going to be rooting for him. No, I we was suggesting that we ignore every, him. We will be rooting for every single DNF he can be awarded. I was suggesting that we ignore him actively. Don't give him the the airtime he's not worth it well it doesn't matter because mick's gonna get a lot more airtime anyway oh it's all about <laughs> mick. it's all about mick <clears throat> so anyway we got to talk about there it's time to talk about races when are we going to do our prediction show not this week no after really. testing okay we, we normally do it between testing and the first race okay now i've already worked on a document because, okay. you know, I had a whole day that I couldn't work at work because the computers crashed all day. So I went and did my predictions. Well, I did the, did the list of predictions. I didn't make my predictions. You couldn't have helped me with any of the stuff that's on my plate. No, you had to do the predictions. Gee, thanks. Well, yeah, it was something that had to get done. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, the Bahrain Grand Prix, which last week we talked about, you know, if you're headed to Bahrain, Especially if you're going to be there for the three weeks for testing in the race, you could get your vaccine. By the way, it's 9%, not 90%. I kind of biffed that one. 9% <laughs> vaccination. Okay, the Department of it Corrections be, is coming after it you. It might be at 10% now. The Department of Corrections is yeah. definitely coming after you. But um, the, the organizers for the Bahrain Grand Prix have announced that it will allow fans to attend the season opener if they have been vaccinated against COVID-19 or have recovered from the virus. Okay. So, yeah, we have to go there like now. No. To get shot number one. And then that would give us enough time to get shot number two before the race. And we'd be set. Yeah. No. And you can mix. It's okay. You could do the Moderna for one and the Pfizer for the other. That way you get some variety. 
That that's only for you two. I can only get the Pfizer one because that one's sixteen and up. Mm. So, yeah. No, because the only people that will really be <clears throat> welcome in Bahrain. No, none of us would be welcome in Bahrain. Why? <laughs> well, that's probably true. Anyway, <laughs> so um, official confirmation that Portugal will be back on the calendar for this year. I'm excited about that. That was such a beautiful track. Now, they haven't. Formula One has not updated their website. I went looking because, by the way, I have started to populate the race calendar. All right, is it going to be the right race calendar? Well, you will have to check your calendar, but it was working for me. Okay. I validated and it looked like it was coming across. So you will need to check your calendar. I have not gotten past June at this point, but I have started populating stuff. I did not populate Portugal because Formula One hasn't updated. It just says TBC. It's not even like with Imola where it says it's the F1, the 2021 F1 TBC Grand Prix. Which, by the way, is what it now says in our calendar. Because that's what it's on their website. <laughs> okay. Formula One's not saying the official name is that big mouthful thing. Why should I? Alrighty. So that's what that's what I'm going with. But Portugal is coming back. Um, and Azerbaijan has announced that they're going that, that race will take place without fans. Okay. This one I don't understand. Why? It's a street track. So? Some of the fans who have watched the race in the past watched it from the balconies of their apartment. Well, they're not there. They're going to be disappeared. Well, that's It's a, Azerbaijan. <laughs> what are you expecting? And, and that's what I was trying to figure out. So are, are you going to tell all the folks that they have to leave their houses because F1's here this weekend? Where are you going to put them? In the Hilton? I mean, <laughs> that overlooks the track. Well, maybe not the Hilton because it overlooks the track. I don't know. <laughs> no, they will be told they have to stay in their apartments, but they cannot look outside. There you go. Well, okay. So if you... Th- all right. Now... Put that in mind. So what Azerbaijan has done in the past for some of their buildings is they put up instead so that you couldn't see the facades. They put up banners over the facades that look like building facades. So maybe that's what they'll do to keep people in. So you cannot watch the race. We're going to put a banner over your house that looks like a facade. So your house looks really nice, but you can't see. Exactly. It's Azerbaijan. It's going to be a giant mask for the whole building. What if they just meant that there wasn't going to be like any stands? I'm sure that's what they actually meant, but this is so much more fun. Oh. Well, that, I mean, that's the other thing with Azerbaijan in general, though, is in terms of locations that people can watch that race, there's like three for the whole track. (laughs) And they're all, I think, on the the, the straightaway at, at... you know, where it goes one way and goes the other way because there's two straightaways that run. I think that's like the only place that like spectators can actually congregate. Yeah. But I really dig the whole <clears throat> building mask concept. Yeah. You don't have to wear an individual mask. Because we're going to mask the whole building, building at once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it. So, yeah. Going to take place behind closed doors. Um I think it'll be interesting to see how that works. What I really want to see is how Mon- what Monaco does mm-hmm. and how they pull that off. Should be interesting. Um, now, when Formula One starts, we will not have champagne on the podium. 
No, we will not have champagne on the podium. We will have sparkling wine. Right. Provided to you by Ferrari. So even if Ferrari doesn't get any of their cars on the podium, they're still going to be on the podium at in one way. Now, let me clarify that. Okay. So Ferrari Trento Vineyards, which is in northern Italy, and now it all starts to make sense. They have been named the official sparkling wine supplier for of Formula One for 2021. Okay. So why is it sparkling wine as opposed to champagne? I know. Go ahead. All right. So sparkling <coughs> wine can be produced anywhere in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Champagne, however, is limited to being produced in the champagne region of france correct and that is a legal definition you know there's other regions that also have that type of distinction but particularly champagne so um it is not uh champagne we lived in northern california and went Mm -hmm. to uh tattinger uh carnes tattinger that is not champagne that is sparkling wine Mm -hmm. now the quite and, and we're, we might actually have to pay a little more attention to the podium ceremony because you know when they go and hand out the the trophies the announcer every time the announcer goes and now the champagne and they go and spray is he gonna say that because and now, now the, the sparkling, sparkling wine, wine doesn't really roll off the tongue well, what did they used to do? What did they do for... Um, Rosewater? I don't Rosewater. remember. Because they wouldn't have said champagne for Rosewater. Yeah, and I don't remember. I don't think and they ever said, and now the Rosewater. No, I'm betting they'll do something like, and now the <clears throat> celebration. Yeah, I don't know. Why Why did they do it with Rosewater? Uh, that was in Abu Dhabi? Uh, I don't think it... Well... It was in Bahrain. I don't Bahrain. remember if it was in Abu Dhabi. Uh, but some of the Middle East countries, alcohol is not permitted. Mm. And it's why the Williams, and several of the other teams did as well, but Williams in particular, when they were the um, the Williams-Martini racing team, Martini is... Um, it's not champagne. It's a wine of it's a, it, It's a wine. Um, they would take, instead of saying martini on, in their logo, they'd replace it with racing because in those countries you can't advertise alcohol. So they couldn't be the martini racing team. So were they just Williams racing, racing team? No, they would change every word that said martini to the word racing. So it was not with Williams racing, but they used to put martini across the back, um, the back fin, the rear fin where DRS is, and on that race they would change it to out to be racing. Mm. So the other, so the corollary to that is, you may or may not know, but it is not legal in pretty much every country around the world to advertise tobacco products. Well, Formula One used to get a significant portion, like. 80 to 90% of their revenues came from tobacco sponsorships. Didn't um, Marlboro once um, sponsor Ferrari? Yep. yep. The problem is when the law changed, it said you could not advertise tobacco. Those sponsorships became illegal. 
However, Marlboro still sponsors Ferrari. That's part of the reason. So the first thing that Ferrari tried to do, um, and if you go back, I want to say it was 2010 or maybe even 2008, maybe even earlier than that. Um, there is a Ferrari that has what looks like a barcode on it. That was the first attempt to try and sneak a Marlboro logo on the car. So our last story, even though, you know, we're getting champagne or excuse me, we're getting sparkling wine on the podium. Stefano Domenicali says that if we do sprint races, there might not be podiums just for the sprint races. Okay. So his reasoning is, and, and it makes sense, is the big celebration, the big that deserves the podium is Sunday after the race. It's based on the full race result. And this, they don't want to detract from Sunday's, the importance of Sunday. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes good sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that idea. It's just a matter of how are they going to honor and celebrate the sprint races. They're not. It, it, it will, it, it'll be either points or it'll be something like that. But, you know, they, they've heard Daniel Ricardo has been one who has stood up and said, yeah, if we do sprint races, it, it cannot take away from a race win. Right. And, it shouldn't be honored mm-hmm. the same way. So I I think some of it is Stefano's like, well, we may not even call this a sprint race. We may call it like super qualifying or something along those lines um, to further separate it from the actual race and the main event. Okay. So still mixed um, reception to it. Ferrari's interested in it. Some of the drivers are interested. Sebastian Vell's like, I don't understand. I don't know why we need to do this. I don't see a point. I'm surprised it's Vettel that doesn't understand. Normally it's Kimmy that doesn't understand. No, Kimmy doesn't care. No, Kimmy doesn't care. Again, for Kimmy, this is, well, okay, I get to race again? Sure. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's the Iceman. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Well, on that non-bombshell, without any sort of celebration, uh, we will end the show. With sparkling wine. Well, that's good because I'm actually going to end it with ice cream. Okay. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is there is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. <laughs> a little break? Okay. Whew.